everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Transform Your Confidence Show. I'm your host as usual, Raj Gurn. Before we kick things off, as I always do off the top of each episode, I'd love to get your support by asking you to subscribe to the Open Chess Confidence Academy on YouTube and on socials and to the Transform Your Confidence show on podcast platforms, whatever it is that you're on, because these are the places where you can get free access to all episodes past and present. We also transcribe each episode to our blog at theopenchessconfidenceacademy.com forward slash media forward slash podcast. So if you're one of those people like me where you love to read, that's the place for you. All right. So with this week's focus, we're getting ready to close off February with the leadership and advocacy themed episode. I am super pleased to welcome to the show Simone Millicis, a self-made millionaire, renowned speaker, serial best-selling author, and the host of the Choice and Change Action podcast. Simone will be chatting with me about how effective leadership skills build successful brands. So glad to have you on, Simone. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I want to just kick off right from the beginning. I want to ask you to share a little bit about your life before you develop the Joy of Business Coaching Program, which is, you know, what brought me into your ecosystem so that everyone watching, listening and reading this can understand who you were at the very beginning before everything started. Okay, so I'll give you a little quick synopsis is I'm going to say when I was at high school and everyone was talking about I did have a lot of friends that wanted to get married and have kids, et cetera. And everyone used to say to me, what do you want to do? And I'd be like, own my own business. And they would be like, what do you mean own your own business? What, what, what is that going to be? And I'd be like, I don't, I don't care, actually. I just want to own my own business. It wasn't like a certain field that I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. I discovered that later. It was more so to me having a business was how you could be so incredibly creative. And to me, a business is really malleable. So, but here's the thing. I thought that was normal. Like I thought like a loving business and loving all of that was where everyone functioned from. It took me quite some years to realize that my point of view is really different. Mm -hmm. Hence writing the book, Joy of Business, because, and a friend of mine said to me, don't call it that. And I said, why not? And they said, because people aren't ready for it. They they don't have a joy of business. And I I was so like, you know, when those puppy dogs with their, their head on the side, I was like, but yes, they do. I said, why would they do business if they didn't love it, if it wasn't joyful? And he's like, that's not how people do business in this reality, in this society. So, so then I did start doing seminars and using access consciousness tools, which is the business I was in, and then, mm-hmm. and then wrote the book Joy Business uh, so that I could invite the world to a different possibility. Because to me, if you're not loving what you're doing, then why are you doing it? There's so much more out there that you could be you know, choosing. You know, you're so right, Simone, and yet people continue to do what they hate doing, right? I mean, there's just so much research out there about that. Uh, Before we kind of, you know, continue on, there's something you said there that I feel I want to kind of just touch upon, and that is this whole idea about, you know, really being your own boss. That's what entrepreneurship is about. Um, Why did you feel that that was kind of where you wanted to go in terms of your professional career? Was it because you had more kind of creative freedom to be able to take this kind of innovative idea of what you believe business to be, you know, to kind of a larger audience? 
Because a lot of people like to stay in that kind of comfort zone of somebody else's world where they just kind of make an appearance. That's what I call um, executives, you know, the, the maker appearance um, people in other people's dreams. Like, tell me your that's, thoughts around that. That's true. Look, I think it's a it's a it's an interesting thing to navigate uh, because the reason why I started it may not be where I ended up. And I, and I think, I mean, that's life, that's living, yes. that's business, that's everything. You, when you choose, you have an awareness. And for me, first off, it's like, I had so many ideas. Like initially I desired to create something in the world where it woke people up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I had this, I just wanted to shake people by the, the shoulders and say, don't you get it? There's got to be something else than this, like the trauma mm-hmm. and drama that everyone was choosing. So I started writing a whole lot of things down and I wrote this whole piece on being vulnerable and was like, how do I wake people up so that when they're together, because most people have these like barriers with each other rather than what if you met someone, I don't care who they are, you know, how much money they have or they don't have or, you know, the race or religion or anything. And you were just like, hi, like we're on this planet together. So that's what I decided to create. So that was probably my driving force. It wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily I have to do this on my own or I have to work for myself. Um, I did discover later that I didn't have as much freedom when I was working with other people. So then I did that thing of demanding that I would never, ever, ever work for anyone else. And there was no, absolutely no question in that. There's this like commitment to only working with myself, which sort of bit me, bit me on the tail a few times because there were possibilities available. And I was like, no, you know, mm-hmm. petulant, I'm not choosing this until one day a friend of mine actually spoke to me about commitment and he kept asking me the question, what does commitment mean to you? And I realized I had such a point of view that if I worked with somebody else, then I didn't have freedom, which is not true. It's like, it depends who you work with. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, I, I've written books, I travel around the world, well, as much as I possibly can at the moment, um, you know, doing seminars, et cetera, but I actually work with access consciousness. So I do essentially work for somebody else and yet I have my own creative freedom as well. And I have, oh, I have many different revenue streams and many different wealth creations, I would call it as well. So I think people trap themselves just as much when they sort of, you know, feet in the ground, hands on hips saying, I'm not going to work for someone else. I'm going to have to do this myself because you literally are refusing to receive from so many possibilities that are available. Mm-hmm. I love that you shared that because, you know, there, there always seems to be this kind of church and state between, you know, those who work for others and those who work for self. Um, and mm. here you are talking about the hybrid model where you can work for yourself, but still work for slash with others. You know, that's yeah. what I'm hearing you say. And I think that's really great because at the end of the day, you know, there is this whole kind of idea behind, you know, diversifying what we do isn't just about doing it for self. It can be partnerships and collaborations and working together and so many different ways of doing the same thing, but still having a lot of control over what it is that you're actually doing within someone else's wheelhouse. And that's really what I'm hearing you say here. There is this other thing that um, I want to kind of tap into, Simone, and this is this whole idea of how vast your career 
is and has been and how you've developed it. I want to kind of maybe break that down a little bit for anyone out there who's, you know, maybe at the kind of precipice of that fork in the road where, you know, do I work for myself? Do I work, you know, for others? Mm. You know, is there a way that I can maybe do a little bit of both, which is, you know, what I'm hearing you say. So let's talk a little bit about breaking that down. You have a very multi-hyphenate success story. You're an author, speaker, coach, podcaster, and a slew of other things. Before we deep dive this whole idea of effective leadership, which is really what you know, I want to hone in on um, as kind of the larger message of chatting with you, I want to talk um, about just this whole kind of sense of your journey that you've kind of really curated and, cur- and curated on purpose. When you began your brand building journey, because this is really, you know, the crux of what you've done here is mm-hmm. um, you decided to build out several avatars and you've mentioned uh, a few of them. I just mentioned a few of them. Can you share what you did first, which then allowed you to leverage, to build upon the second and then, you know, things just kept going on yeah. from there. Cause that's the part that most people seem to have the most difficult challenge with how do I get started you know yeah look and I'm gonna say you need to just start and don't try and get it right like I have stumbled and fallen like a billion times but I've chosen and that that I think is the key element here it's like one of the the tools I would even talk about in my book is choice Mm -hmm. creates awareness like you have to choose there's the difference of those people who you know, wake up in the morning and go, oh, I wish I had a million dollars to those people who wake up and go, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to actualize a million dollars. What action do I need to take? So I have been like successful in business and I've been as, as, as far as this reality would say, not successful. Like I've made money, I've lost money, Mm -hmm. but to tell you the truth, neither of them I look at as right or wrong or good or bad, I have gained awareness from every single choice I've made. And that definitely makes me who I am today. There is one key piece here that I would love to share with everyone is this was what I used to do all the time. I'd create a business because for me personally, and if you can sort of come to that awareness of what it is that brings you joy with business, because most people think they have to do everything. You don't. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's why you can hire people. Other people like to do stuff that you don't. And one of my things that I used to do was, I mean, I love creating. I love that initial, you know, that generative energy where you go and you got this idea and you're like, okay. And I love that beginning for me, right? Yes. Some people that would scare the hell out of them, you know, but for me, I love it. So I would start a business and put everything from absolute scratch, put everything into action. And then once it was, up and it was running and it was making money and it was paying the bills and doing all of that. And then maybe even more I realized this years later. So please don't make this mistake, ladies and gentlemen, is I got bored. Mm. And then what I would do is I would start destroying that business so that I could justify starting something different. And it took a friend of mine many years later, I was, he was watching what I was doing and he said to me, you do realize you don't have to destroy your business in order to start another one, right? And I remember I was in Brisbane, Australia, and I was standing in my office and I looked at him and I went, that's exactly what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then from that moment, I went, oh, I can have many different revenue streams. And that was a really key, I guess, learning point for me is you don't have to destroy something in order to start something different. You can just start something different. It's that easy. And I think the, the piece that people make it so hard is they try and get it right. Look, 
you're not going to get it right. It's like you are going to stumble and fall. And every person that you see that is extremely successful, ask them their stories. Most of Mm -hmm. them have been, I mean, uh, a friend of mine actually declared bankruptcy a few years ago and a mutual friend of ours went, well, welcome to the billionaires club. And we started laughing because it's like the amount of people who have declared bankruptcy, you know, the amount of people who have stumbled and fallen and, and just crashed and burned. It's to me, that's not relevant. It's what are you going to do tomorrow? Are you going to get back up or are you going to sit in this place of going, oh no, this is terrible and awful. And this happened to me. Nothing happens to you. You create it by your choices. Mm -hmm. And I would say I've made more bad choices than most people have made choices, but I choose. And then you go, whoops. You know, I love the that. Good thing I'm cute. <laughs> yeah. You are absolutely. And, you know, and, and you're very easy to talk to. And I'm sure that, you know, people that kind of take your mentorship advice just really, you know, get this great way of creating a connection with you. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of this whole idea behind successful leadership. It has a lot to do with creating a meaningful connection with the stakeholders, whoever they may be. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you this, Simone. Your program, The Joy of Business, has a unique vantage point in its ability to help people build a strong leadership muscle, among other things. Can you share some highlights about your program that you feel everyone here needs to know? Yeah, look, I'm going to say it starts with you. Um, It Mm -hmm. starts with you to, and one of the things I would talk about too is, the five elements of intimacy, which I think you need to have this with you, which is vulnerability, gratitude, trust, honor, and allowance. Because when you have that with you, it's like then you can have that with others. And, mm-hmm. you know, people look, I mean, if we use, I mean, relationships for sure, but if you use business and you have relationships in business, I mean, I sometimes say having a business partner is more intimate than actually your lover because yes. you assume you're on the same page, but you got to have this, you know, this, this moment and this play, which are you on the same page or do we need to change something? Like, let's, let's talk this out and let's see what's actually going to create something greater. So I think if you have those five elements of intimacy with you, then you can start to have that with somebody else. And I, I can't stress this enough. Like I know I wrote a book called Joy of Business, but have fun with what you're doing. It's like so many people sit in judgment of themselves and mm-hmm. judgment has never created anything greater. It only ever creates something less. So that level of vulnerability that you're willing to have, it's like that is one of the most attractive things in the world when you're just being you, you know, not Mm -hmm. being somebody else when you're being you. So I would really work at you and stop trying to look at other people to reference what you are being or not being. You are fabulous. It's like you've got to get that. You are fabulous. Those are the best words for 2022, Simone. Can you just share the five levels of intimacy again for everyone? Yeah. Gratitude, trust, allowance, vulnerability, and honor. Wow. Now that's like you know a what whole... I used to do? Yes. I used to get little post-it notes and in my bathroom, I wrote those five elements of intimacy on a post-it note. And as I'm brushing my teeth every night, I would look up at it and I would be like, okay, so where wasn't I willing to be trusting in myself or vulnerable with myself or, you know, um, grateful for myself? And it wasn't about judging what I wasn't. I was just like, oh, that, okay. And I would destroy and uncreate all of my points of view because your fixed points of view only ever stop you. Mm -hmm. And I would destroy and uncreate all of those fixed points of view and then go, all right, you know, tomorrow, what what would it take for tomorrow to be greater than today? And not Mm -hmm. from 
looking at something as less than or lack just from a request for more. Like, let's go. We've got a mm-hmm. whole world out there that is, is available to us. Absolutely. And that that in, it, in and by itself can be a real fear-based thing for um, a lot of people. They like to put themselves into a box that they know rather than to kind of step out into the unknown. What would you say to those people, Simone, since you've done it time and time again? Look, it, that is one justification that I hear a lot of people talk about is fear. And have a look at what's underneath it. And, and I'm not talking like peeling the layers of the onion and, and really going through that. I just mean, ask yourself, okay, well, one, number one question, is this fear or is this excitement? A lot of ah. people tend to misidentify fear as excitement. And because you, it's, it's unknown, right? It's like if you're about to, you know, jump, you don't actually know what's going to occur. You have an idea of what you would like to occur, but you don't know what this is going to show up like. So how many people misidentify that and go, oh, I'm fearful, I'm too scared. And it's like, well, what are you scared of? Like I mm-hmm. opened up this business, um, one of the businesses that I have called Antiques and Possibilities in the local village that I'm in, in um, August 2020. And everyone went, what are you doing? And I was like, I know, because qu- where I live too, Queensland was totally locked everyone out, right? So But I sat in front and someone asked me this question the other day. They said, what made you do that? And I sat in front of the shop and I looked at it and I went, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And that's a question I would ask myself a lot. And I went, "Hmm, it could be a tax deduction. Okay, Mm -hmm. I can handle that. Let's go. And, you know, it's this antique shop that I'm an owner of other antique shops in another another city. So Mm -hmm. we sort of, they married together. But look at what's the worst possible thing that can happen and just go. I love that. Hey, you've got this. Yeah. I love that advice, Simone, because, you know, that's the big thing. A lot of people, you know, they feel the emotion of fear um, and they stop right there. They don't actually then, you know, think about where is that fear actually coming from and Mm. why is it showing up the way that it's showing up without, as you said, going down this whole rabbit hole of peeling that onion? Because, you know, oftentimes it's a lot simpler the answer that you're looking for. And you oftentimes already know what it is. I know from my experience that, you know, when I work so hard to try and figure out the fear piece, it's, it's, it's always a lot simpler than it actually is in terms of the way I go down that rabbit hole. And the rabbit hole just then be- opens up all kinds of other coffins that weren't even a part of the process. Mm. So that's the other thing that, you know, this fear thing really is something in business that we, you know, I always say to my clients, Simone, that you have to actually make friends with that. You have to have a relationship with that. And you have to determine what the narrative for you is going to be in that relationship. Because whenever you enter the unknown, the automatic first kind of instinctual thing that happens is that fear feeling. So get used to it, embrace it, because sometimes the fear will actually take you in a journey that's far better than all of the kind of check marks that we usually, you know, hope is what we're doing when we're opening businesses or we're looking to grow them or expand them or diversify them. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I have a great tool that you can use as well because okay. we are way more psychic than we than we think we are, right? Yes. We pick up on all of the thoughts, feelings, and emotions of other people. And so the tool that I would use is who does this belong to? So when that energy shows up, like you're saying, because it is there and it's like, so ask, okay, so who does this belong to? 
right? And the thing is, if it lightens up, it's not yours. And Mm -hmm. 99% of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions are not ours. And um, I mean, I'll give you like a really small example is um, horse riding. Okay. So I was horse riding and having so much fun and it was great. And then I spoke to my mother about it and she went, oh my God, you used to scare the hell out of me when you go riding and across this paddock and da, da, da. And I went, because I started to get fearful of horse riding and I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then when I spoke to her, I went, oh, it's not mine. It was hers. Watching her daughter run, go, you know, screaming across this paddock. I was having a great time. Mm-hmm. But then my mother has this point of view. So then you pick up on that. Yeah. And I mean, for myself, my father, you know, he escaped during World War II from Lithuania and has this whole story, you know, and then my mother also came uh, from Scotland to Australia on a boat that cost 10 pounds. So they have a lot of stories in regards to that. So to them, financial stability was really important. Whereas I grew up with being a little bit like, you know, let's play, you know, and if you start to like have that energy of like, okay, I must get my finances into place, which I didn't for a very long time. Uh, As most entrepreneurs like, don't. Like, who do, you know, who do you know? Who do you know that gets that right, right at the beginning? No one. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was like, but the importance of it was from my parents. That was not from me. So who does this belong to? Like, I remember, I just wanted to play. And I remember my dad was an accountant. Uh, and he, he drew this graph for me one day. Cause I was like, I like being creative. I was being an awful young girl, you know, um, to my amazing father. And, uh, and he, and I, he drew this graph, right. And he had like the create thing on it as a part of the pie. And then he had the finances and everything there. And he said, Simone, you need to have, you need to look like this. And I said, no, that's not my graph, you know, and I drew mine. It was all create and da, da, da. And he looked at me <laughs> and he said, Simone, if you don't know about this and he pointed to the finance, he went, you can't have all of this. And I was like, oh, because I knew he was correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't want to have a look at it. But that moment I went, okay, I need to start looking at what I'm not willing to look at as well if I'm going to create myself to be a success. Absolutely. Just choice words for everyone. Guys, if you're just joining us, I'm talking to the fabulous Simone Millicis. She is just such an incredible, you know, woman with all the experiential insights that she's sharing with us today. Um, just, I want you to rewind this back. I want to make sure that you start from the top because this really is a lot of food for thought for those of you who are kind of sitting at the crossroads of your life and you're trying to figure out what my next step is. Sometimes it's really the mindset piece. And a lot of that is, you know, what I'm hearing Simone share right now with us. This is our episode on leadership and advocacy. And I kind of want to loop you back around to that, Simone. I want to get your insights on this. What have you learned are the top three characteristics that no matter what your leadership style is, are mandatory for you to get right to be a really great business leader? Okay, so I read this article many, many years ago uh, by a very successful businessman in Australia. And they said to him, how did you become so successful? And he said, I listened. I surrounded myself by capable people and I listened and I really took that on board. And mm-hmm. I mean, I just had a meet, I, I, I have about 10 people who work with me really closely and then we have, you know, then it sort of extends out. Some of those 10 people are so quiet, like, and I'm very talkative and so is a lot of other people that I work with. 
but I'm always like, hey, you know, do you have any comments here? Do you have any awareness? I listen and I ask people, what is your awareness with this? Because if I just choose everything that I'm choosing, that's all we're ever going to get. But if I'm choosing based on what I'm aware of and based on what everybody else is aware of, then that's a different, that's a different result showing up. So I would say, listen, ask people for what their awareness is. And as I mentioned previously, choice creates, just choose. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to find out what happens when you choose. That to me is like the fun, like, you know, what if business was the adventure of living? It's like, Mm -hmm. let's go. Most people would rather be right than be free. I'm asking, what would it take for you to be free and have way too much fun with whatever, whatever it is you're choosing? I love that. Let's be free, guys. That's really, that's the purpose of life and existence on a holistic perspective, which is a whole other show, which Simone, I kind of feel that you and I would have a great conversation. So I'd love to have you back on just to kind of tap into that and also tap into these kind of five layers of intimacy that I'm really, really intrigued on getting your perspective on. So, you know, I know that we're talking about leadership and advocacy today. And as much as I want to go into those areas, I'm going to stay on on track. We're going to hold back. We're going we're <laughs> gonna to do that. We're going to be a little bit disciplined here just to make sure that the value proposition of this episode, that we're able to kind of really, really keep it um, succinct with, with what we're promising. So let me ask you this, Simone. Another mm-hmm. way to command brand authority is really to become an author. So many people are doing it. Literally everyone is doing that as a way for them to be introduced into the marketplace in a level of authority. Now, this is something that you've done time and time again. I want to ask you this. We're sitting in a place now, and especially since the last few years with the lockdown and everything, you know, people have been sitting there writing books. There's a lot more books going into the marketplace. A lot of publishers who are people that I work with also say that they're so backlogged because of just the demand of the amount of people that are kind of sitting with wanting to tell their story on different levels. Mm. How do we do this in a saturated marketplace? That is what publishing is today. Tell those people out there who are, you know, new authors, because people like yourself who are already in the marketplace and who already, you know, have have kind of figured it out, but have also written many different types of books and already have this kind of profile as an author. You're in a different place to people who are newbies looking to use authorship to be able to build their brand authority what would you say to them right now what they should what what do you feel they should be doing okay so I would start asking yourself questions and ask what's your agenda like what is it that you're actually trying to get out of this because for me you can't write a book and expect to make a million dollars it doesn't work like that right it's um for me you know joy business was the first book that I wrote and you know, sometimes people can't afford to go to your seminar or they're not in the right location, et cetera. So I thought putting Joy Business into a book that anyone could buy, you know, on Amazon, et cetera, all those places was getting to more people. And then actually Joy Business is translated into 16 languages. So it's translated into 16 languages and it's also in audio in English and we're working. It's been um, a few of them are coming out in the languages as well. So to me, that matched the energy of what it was that I wanted to create because it was getting out there in the world. Like German is the best-selling 
besides English. And it's not that far behind. And I'm like, okay, so the Germans love Joe business. Who, who would have thought, you know? <laughs> so it's like, what are you actually trying to create with getting a book out there? And mm-hmm. look, everyone is different. So your perspective on something is going to be different. If, if we stopped creating based on somebody else has already done it, then the world would be a really boring place. Like mm-hmm. in, I think this is hysterical. In 1957 in Australia, they actually shut the patent office down because Colour TV had just been, um, you know, brought out. And they said there's nothing else that can be invented because Colour TV is here. Can you imagine if, they, if that was it? If Colour TV was out, like, you know, there's always something else that's possible. So, I mean, I don't know what idiot chose that, but it lasted <laughs> six months and then they opened the patent office up again. But here's the thing. It's like, what, what do you know? What are you aware of? So ask mm-hmm. yourself, what's my agenda with this? Please don't make it about money. It's actually going to cost you some money to, if you exit, if you want to go to print as well, mm-hmm. you can make money. Like I've over the years, I have made money from my book, but I've probably made more money from people being aware of access consciousness and joy business. And then coming to the seminars is, is right. what it's, it's been about is what I'm going to say. Yeah. So really, at the end of the day, it's put, putting the book out anyway, because you will have a unique experience and, and perspective around the same thing, because there's nothing really new that people are talking about. It's just a new approach and a new way of talking about the same thing. And, and your thing may be the thing. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Simone, but your thing may be the thing that somebody was waiting to hear even though yeah. they've heard this many times that maybe your way was the one that was going to open up their minds to be able to yeah. say, that's exactly what it is that I, I wanted to get. Right. Yep. yep. Exactly. So let me ask you this, Simone. Now, you know, we're in 2022 and all the pundits are saying that podcasting will be the most effective way to showcase a person's leadership prowess and also to build their brand authority. Now, obviously, you know, podcasting has been around for a while now, but this is like coined as the big year. So if you're not podcasting, this probably would be the year for you to start doing that, especially from a business perspective. Now, Simone, you host a really popular podcast show called the Choice and Change Action Podcast. I want to ask you this. Can you share a little bit about what you talk about and who it targets? Yeah, look, I did something that most people would say that's not a smart business choice, but I used to have another podcast that was, you know, we had, I started it quite a few years ago and it had a lot of listeners, et cetera, but I got bored. <laughs> I was oh like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I said, cause it was, it was, um, it was basically just about business and money. And mm-hmm. I love that two of my favorite topics. So I went and everyone was like, you can't do this. And I went, yes, I can. So I decided to create something that, in, that involved any topic I could talk about. So that's right. why it's the choice, change and action. Because to me, like as I've, I've mentioned, you've got to choose in order to create a change and what action are you going to take? So I do explore many different you know, avenues. I, I obviously still talk about business, money, investing, because it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. Um, but we also, you know, relationships is a big thing that I talk about there. Um, anything. So it's, it makes it more fun for me. And I think if you're going to start a podcast, make it fun. Like mm-hmm. my, my gardener, who is an amazing man, and he pinged me last night and he said, hey, I'm starting this uh, podcast with this friend of mine. Will you come on for me? I was like, absolutely. 
And I know what it's going to be about. It's going to be like he became a gardener because he wanted to work more with the earth. He was Mm -hmm. a fitness instructor or whatever. So he's doing something he loves. And I think that's really important is make sure that you love it and you're having fun with it or it's, you know, it's not going to end up being great. And do it because it's fun for you, not about getting it right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been a theme throughout here, Simone. You know, you you truly are a person and you've lived this. You, you, you consistently keep living this. It's just get out and do it as long as it's surrounded on some level with passion and purpose for you. It's, it's, it's worth doing it, right? Yeah. If it's joyful, do it. And Absolutely. don't make it about the money as well. I see a lot of people. That's hard. Make- that's hard. I, I know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because they go, oh, well, what is it? Okay, it's sort of like a fine line. There's two things that I would look at here is choose it because it's fun and it's joyful. And one of the things I would talk about is money follows joy. Mm-hmm. Most people think joy follows money and they go, oh, when I have this money, then I'll be happy. And it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. You actually get to wake up and choose happy, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how, how much money you have in your bank account or don't have in your bank account. So there's that piece. Choose it because it's fun and it's joyful, right? Mm-hmm. And... What you can also ask, which is a great question, is what revenue stream will contribute to this, will support this? Because on the other hand, I see a lot of people in business, and I was guilty of this one as well, is just go, this is fun, this is fun, this is fun, this is fun, this is fun. But it was like, oh, hang on a second. How am I paying the mortgage? Like, where's the, you know, so I did start to have a look at, well, what revenue stream will support this? And I literally Mm -hmm. sat down and looked at, everything that I was creating and went, okay, some of them were money spinners, some were not, Mm -hmm. but the ones who weren't, okay, were they contributing to the bigger picture? And for me, I would like to, you know, invite and create more consciousness on the planet. So if it's contributing to that, yes, you know, and started to really look at all of that for myself, but not exclude it because I see people just want to create and then they exclude money or they Mm -hmm. make it only about money. It's like both of that, both of those points of view is going to trap you. So what's your happy medium? And, you know, I love that, Simone, because this just kind of brings back this whole kind of, you know, ideology that I believe that you believe in because you've been talking about this quite often throughout our conversation. And that's just finding the place where multiple things could meet to make, you know, your, you know, value proposition right for you. You talked about that when it, when I was talking to you about executiveship versus entrepreneurship and you says, why can't you do both? And here you Mm. are, you're saying it again, you know, why can't you, you know, find a passion purpose Um, project and then see if there's an opportunity to be able to leverage it for other things, money perhaps being one of them, maybe not being the only. So let me ask you this, for um, people out there who haven't gotten into the podcasting world, um, I want to kind of, you know, garner your thoughts around what you feel are the key advantages of doing so, bearing in mind that we're talking about leadership and building authority, and we're kind of staying in that realm. What's the advantage of starting your own podcast around that? Well, I mean, it's a great, I mean, as you said, podcast is a huge thing at the moment. Like, you know, I think it's funny. Like I have, you know, a guy who comes and cleans my window, my car, the gardener, and they're always got earphones on. They're always listening to podcasts. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just because a lot of people out there are doing it doesn't mean that you, there's no space for you. There is space for you. And uh, I've, a lot of people like always like, oh, have you listened to this? Have you listened? I don't know about yourself, but people always ping me links to listen to other yes. podcasts. So then you have more awareness on that. 
So again, I think it's if you're not judging yourself and what you're choosing and what you're creating and get out there. And if you're really talking from, um, I want to say like from that vulnerability, like, you know, that what's actually up, then that is, again, that is one of the greatest invitations in the world. Like you Mm -hmm. not judging you and you showing up as all of you, people are like, what, who is she? What has she got? Like, yeah, I'd like some of that. It becomes attractive to the world because people are bored with people pretending to be someone else. Mm -hmm. We weren't put on this planet to be, to pretend to be somebody else. We're put on this planet to be us. So when you're being that, and that to me is the best leadership skill that you can choose is be you. I love that. You know, my next question for you was going to be, what for you is effective leadership? Would you say that what you just said there answers that question or do you want to add more to that? Uh, yeah, no, I would say that, that, that answers the question. And again, I'm going to reiterate, not about getting it right because Mm -hmm. you get it when you get it and you hear it when you hear it. And you like every day I ask to be greater, you know, and I met this, uh, in Japan once I met this guy, he was a, you know, made sushi. It was, it was amazing, but he'd been making sushi for it was something like 85 years right he was like as a little boy and he said every day I asked to make sushi greater than I made it yesterday wow like are you kidding me he did not become complacent about anything Mm -hmm. and it was an art and he enjoyed it and I think that's the way you need to that's that's true leadership for yourself right absolutely I want to round um, things off I want to encapsulate things for everyone out there. Um, The core takeaway um, really for this conversation is, you know, what is the correlation between effective leadership and building a successful brand, Simone? What what, what do you want to leave everyone with? Uh, Look, I think the key element here is to ask questions. Um, And one of the things I, you know, I talk about in the seminars in my book and et cetera, is we're we're brought up to have the answer. And I don't know about you, but at school, it was like, what's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? Mm -hmm. And also you had to get the answer the way the teacher wanted you to get the answer or you were wrong, you know, right. I'm giving you what if every single thing you've ever been told your whole entire life, you found out was a lie, then what would you choose? And it's like, Mm. if you be in question every single day, it's like, ask questions like what else is truly possible here? You know, how does it get any better than this? Then as you ask a question, choices show up, possibilities show up. It's like choose. And then the fourth thing I was look at with that is contribution. It's like how many of you are actually willing to receive? Like we do this stupid thing of thinking we have to do everything ourselves. We don't. It's mm-hmm. like look at nature. Like nature is continuously contributing to each other. Right. What if we actually did that as well and we were willing to, and most people go, oh, I can gift, you know, that, that's comfortable, I can do that. Well, I'm going to ask you, what if you started receiving? It's like what, ah. what difference could show up? Mm-hmm. I love that choice word. So much to think about in this conversation, Simone, so much for people to sit with and to, you know, look, you know, it's a great time, you know, in the year when it's the right time for you to sit with anything. That's what I always say. And I, I, I want to ask you this before we kind of close off, mm-hmm. Simone, is there anything at all that you feel that you want to add to this conversation before we close out, you know, really talking about effective leadership and how you can use and cultivate your personal leadership style to be authentic because with authenticity comes authority as well. Your thoughts. 
Uh, relax, definitely relax. Like, you know, most people think that authority comes from being all tense and, you know, maybe yelling and going, no, this is the way we're doing it. And it's like, no, relax. It's like if you were had no judgment of you and you were relaxed and you listened, then you're in total allowance of everything that's going on. You actually have more awareness. Like most mm-hmm. people focus here. But it's like, what if you actually relaxed and you had awareness of everything? Then you'll hear those whispers, you know, that whisper that you go, what's that? And it's like, oh, let's choose that. Let's play over here. Let's play here. So relaxation, big one for me. Absolutely. And it's very much a part of the yogic philosophy as well, right? Just to be able to tap into the energy force that is you and how that translates and relates to the energy forces that are outside of you. It's just so so fascinating. There's so many different ways of saying the same thing. And I, I think at the end of the day, the big takeaway for me in this conversation is to, to be fluid, is to is, is to be you know tapped into who you are um, in that given moment, and as Simone has, has rightfully said, her career trajectory shows this is proof of this. Um, allow yourself to change your mind. Allow yourself to evolve in a different direction if that's you know what makes sense to you, and perhaps don't go too deep down a rabbit hole that may take you in a direction that wasn't even where you were looking for an answer in the first place. I want everybody to have the opportunity to be able to reach out to you, Simone, because I know there's so much more, you know, wealth of wisdom that comes not just from kind of your professional career, but also from, you know, the place of who you have become as a person. How can people get a hold of you? Well, even though my name is not easy to pronounce, (laughs) there is no other Simone Millicis in the world, which is great for Google. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it is. It's perfect. Um, So my Instagram handle, my website, Facebook, all that sort of stuff um, is all Simone Millicis. And it's it's S-I-M-O-N-E-M-I-L-A-S-A-S. Um, and you can look at accessjoybusiness.com as well. Is We've got joy business facilitators actually all over the world doing classes. So Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and access consciousness is actually like accessconsciousness.com is where all the tools that I, you know, when I met Gary Douglas, the founder of Access, I just went, oh, my goodness, this guy's talking about everything that I know is possible, but nobody else was talking about it. So hence, mm-hmm. I've been working with Access for 21 years and the books are filled with all of those tools. Wow. And I, and I, and I also read that you've been quite the key um, team member to be able to really build it to the global kind of scale that it's come to be. And I think, mm. you know, that has a lot, not just to do with a lot of the things that we've been talking about, but it comes back down to this whole idea of being a part of something that makes sense for you as an individual, um, being a part of that, that greater whole. Simone, what a pleasure you are. I've, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I really thank you for coming on and sharing just, you know, your experiential, you know, thoughts behind, you know, a lot of what you've accomplished, a lot of what you've seen. And um, I really do genuinely want you to come back on. I really have a lot that I want to talk to you about. And that intimacy um, stuff that you were talking mm. about, I'm telling you, it begs an entire episode. Please come back on and thank you so much for being on today. I would absolutely love to come back on for sure. Thank you so much for having me, Raj.
Absolutely. Guys, I really hope that you got some real value from today's show and that you'll share what you learned with everyone that you know that you feel needs to get these takeaways. Please invite them over to subscribe to the YouTube channel at the Open Chess Confidence Academy. If you're a podcaster, hop on over and search for the Transform Your Confidence show. And if like me, you just like to just deep dive the read, go over to my website, theopenchessconfidenceacademy.com forward slash media forward slash podcast. And I'll see you next week for another exciting episode. This time it'll be about mindset and clarity, which you know really is the way that I love to kick off the beginning of all of my months. It's the month of March. It's my birthday month, and I cannot wait to share it with each and every one of you. Until then, take care of yourself. Thank you so much for staying till the end. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Before you leave, I would love for your support by subscribing to my show and letting everyone you know know about it and have them come take a listen. I would sincerely appreciate you joining me at LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Search Raj Gurn and the Open Chess Confidence Academy. Until next week, I hope you continue to cultivate your own ecosystem so that everyone in and around it is empowered by your mission to elevate them all. See you next week.